Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Sales Strategy Mondays with me, your host Chanel, for my three-part series on social media lead generation. Last week we talked about Instagram, this week is all about Pinterest. Now girl, let me tell you about my draw to Pinterest, to the Pinterest game. The thing is, Pinterest provides something called evergreen content, meaning you post something once and it lives on in the internet algorithms forever. There's so much power in that, so much power, especially, you know, you're as a busy entrepreneur or a parent or both, right? Like many of us are. So to create content once and have it continue to produce results, that's amazing. That's exciting. In today's episode, I have Pinterest manager Callie Waggy. She's breaking down the whole Pinterest lead generation process, and she also shares how you can make your Instagram post evergreen through Pinterest as well. Callie, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. I am thrilled to have you here. Pinterest is, it's as big as Google, right? It's, it's yes. this, yes. <laughs> it, I mean, they're, they're like sister companies. I feel like whenever you click on an right. image on Google, that's, that's Pinterest. So this yep. is a huge platform that everyone should want to be on. And you're going to help us understand why we should be and how we can be, and then how we can generate leads via Pinterest because that's what fuels our business is lead generation. And I have recently had a paradigm shift. I never thought of Pinterest as a business platform. Like I thought it was just a place where I found like I costume ideas for my kids, <laughs> but no, it's so much more than that. So thank you so much for being here to help explain yeah, that. I'm excited. So can you tell us a little bit about what sets Pinterest apart from any other social media platform? Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of said it at the beginning with Pinterest and Google and how they're almost sisters. They are, yeah, Google better watch its back because Pinterest is coming for it. <laughs> but the best thing about Pinterest is it's so much more visual. And I know even when I use Google and I search for something, the images on Google pop up first. And I almost always go to those no, first same. than like scrolling the the text uh -huh. below it. So, so that's really a big big key difference between Pinterest and, and Google being a visual search engine. So many people are visual learners and, and they're inspired and it's a great way to tap into whole markets. So as far as Pinterest and setting itself apart from other social media is, I know everybody says Pinterest, it's not a social media platform and it is, that's, that's exactly right. It They've tried, they've tried to become a social media platform by doing different things um, with their group boards and um, interactions and things like that, but they've all fallen by the wayside because people don't use it to socialize. Mm -hmm. They use it to be inspired. Plan. Um, so so yeah, exactly. So that's the big difference between Pinterest and social social medias, and um, and then with with Google, it's even different from that. So yeah, it's it's a search engine in itself. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, not a social media platform. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't know that they had taken actions to like try and make it more <laughs> yep. social. Yeah, it, they flopped. <laughs> All of them have, have pretty much flopped. So, so interesting. Okay. And then you say, and search engine yep. Pinterest and lead generation. So let's, let's hop into that. Absolutely. So with Pinterest, Pinterest is great because there are, I think the most current or the most recent number I saw out of it was 
350 million users, active users, are on Pinterest. So I would guarantee almost all of our audience is on Pinterest in one way or another, whether they are searching recipes or they are actually searching for education for, you know, maybe working from home or, you know, how to build an email list or, you know, people are searching for those things on Pinterest. And it's our job as, as the business owners is to get in front of our audience on there. And there's, you know, obviously... A few different ways we can do that. But the big thing is SEO. So search engine optimization and knowing who our audience is and what the keyword, what are the search terms that they're typing into that that Pinterest search bar? Because those are the words that we want to utilize in our pins and our boards and our Pinterest profile so that our audience will land on our content. Okay. So obviously I feel like that is key across Whenever you start a business, whatever that business may yeah. be, you want to know who your niche market mm-hmm. is, right? Who is your audience? Who are yep. you talking to? So do you have any tips for the listener on how they could identify what their target market is specifically looking for? Yeah. Um, well, really, I mean, when, when someone's building a new brand, a big component to basically creating that brand is doing that market research and knowing who your target audience is. So, so hopefully before you're even getting on Pinterest, you know, you have your brand, your business already. This is usually something people are bringing on after a business is formed, but you, you might already know who your audience is. There's some reports on Pinterest or some tools, I guess it's the audience insights. And that is a really handy resource. I'm actually working on a blog post right now about this, a really handy resource that digs into who your, well, who your current audience is on Pinterest. And this is really helpful because you can see if you're actually targeting these people that, that you want to be targeting. So stay tuned to my blog post. And once it's ready, I'll I'll send you the link and you can share that. But audience insights is it basically will show you based on the categories on Pinterest. So like home decor or design or you know, whatever all the categories are, it'll show you your percentage of your audience, your active audience in those categories. And then it'll also show the affinity, which is the level of interest that your audience has for those categories. So you can see if you have a huge, maybe if you're a brand designer and you pin a lot of home decor pins or recipes or things like that, if you go into your audience analytics, you will most likely see that the biggest percentage of your audience will fall into those home decor or the recipe, um, or the food categories, just because if you're pinning that stuff, you're attracting people to that content. So that's a big thing. When you're trying to target your audience, you should only be pinning at least your public boards. You can make your recipes Mm -hmm. private if you want, but you should only be pinning content that your audience would be searching for in relation to what you offer as a business. So if you were a, a brand designer, for my example, you might have boards that are font pairings or color palettes or web design inspiration or different categories and things that people who are looking to create a brand or redesign their brand, they might be searching for. So, so that's kind of understanding who your audience is. You really want to curate your boards for that audience and then create content and pin for that audience as well. And solve their problems, like find solutions to their problems. So you can go through and like view your audience as well, like go and click on their boards. So that's like just market research in itself too. Absolutely. Yep. I like to do that when I start with a new client's account or if I'm teaching someone how to do their optimization. And I I do have a a three-day, we'll talk about this probably briefly at the end, but I have a three-day 
Pinterest profile optimization challenge. <laughs> it's kind of a little mouthful, but it helps you set up your account in a three-day email series that I put out and it's free. And on the, the day that we talk about board, or actually, no, I think it's on the first or the second day when we're talking about identifying your audience. One of my assignments to you is going through and looking at your competitors and seeing what boards do they have on their account. You'll see that a lot of them haven't fully optimized their accounts, but you'll see some that are really good too. Okay. So let's pop into your six steps. You have six pretty detailed steps for creating leads, lead generation on Pinterest. And I think this goes in, this first part goes into finding solutions to your target audience's problems and create a freebie. Yep. Yep. That is the, probably the easiest and the number one way I always recommend trying to capture leads on Pinterest. So creating a freebie and there's so many, I mean, you could You can go on Pinterest and search for this. There are so many freebie or lead magnet or opt-in ideas that you can get. Even if you have a paid product, taking a small portion out of it, if you have a course, you know, taking a chapter out of it or making a checklist for something, these are things that people eat up. And when they're free, it's obviously, it's a a given. They want to click on it. They'll gladly give you their email address Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they can get this freebie. Mm -hmm. And then you've captured that. So some other ideas that you could do, um, one of my favorites is a personality quiz that has the highest conversion rate. And I wish I had a percentage offhand because I've seen it before, but uh, quizzes have the highest conversion rate for, for signups. People love a personality quiz. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So you could do, oh yeah. So you could do something silly, like what's your TV show personality for something. I don't know. There's a great resource I use. It's called Interact. They're a quiz maker and they have templates that you can use and then you can edit them or you could start from scratch. I believe you could set up a free account. Yeah. I think it's like seven days or 14 days free or something. Yeah. So you could try it out. And I, it's only $17 a month. Cause I use it, but yeah, I was going to say, it's really, it's really reasonable. Mm-hmm. And for the amount, because this is, like I said, is one of the highest converting lead-ins or lead magnets that, I mean, you would be able to make that back if you, you know, sent out an email probably and people would. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So yeah. So that's, I would definitely recommend a personality quiz is probably by far my favorite. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've seen like Kajabi. Kajabi is ridiculously expensive oh, yeah. for the quiz. Yeah. Okay. So then you say eBooks, guides, checklists, mini courses, webinars, like there are so many so ways many. to create <laughs> Yep. And like I said, check Pinterest, just, you know, search, you know, lead magnet ideas or opt-in magnet or opt-in ideas, any of those. And you'll see what other people, what they're suggesting, what works. There's, there's so much, but think about what, what your audience would find beneficial. Is it a checklist? Um, you know, what it would be that, that quiz or is it an ebook or a mini course? Think about what, what your audience would find valuable and go with that. Um, and that would also help set you apart from your, your competition. What do you feel like is the best way to experiment with opt-ins? Do, how long do you give it a week? Do you give it, Oh, I, I mean, or do you create something and leave it out there forever? It's a little different, I feel like, on Pinterest rather than if you were to link something on Instagram. Yeah, um, I generally, I'll always, so when I create any type of freebie, I you know, create a landing page on my website. And the reason I do that is so I can track track visitors to it versus a landing page on MailChimp or whatever your email platform might be. So I create a landing page with an embed form from my from my email provider on there. And then when people mm-hmm. sign up for that, it tags them to that to a list 
you know, segments them basically. So if I need to reach out to that list specifically, they're already segmented. I love MailChimp for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm using Flowdesk now and they, they've got the same features, which is amazing. But yes, I have to go to a separate landing page and then I... I always have a thank you page that redirects so that I can measure conversions on my Google Analytics. And then, yeah, so then I'll create pins that lead to that page and I leave those pins up. I let them go evergreen. I've actually done it where I've created the pins and let them go organically on Pinterest. And then uh, I've also played around with promoting them on Pinterest do like five or $10 a day just to give them a little bit of a boost. And I've seen big increases then in my, my signups with that. But then I just turned it off for a while. So it's, you know, I just let it go off there. I mean, you always, it's not going to hurt to keep growing your email list. So, and as long as it's relevant to the content you have, no, it's totally fine. That's my biggest draw to Pinterest. And most recently, like my shift to YouTube too, is evergreen. Yeah. Um, so can you share a little bit about what being evergreen means? And yeah, that I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why anyone should be on Pinterest. Big time. Yeah. And that that's, and I should have mentioned this right in the beginning, but that's probably one of the biggest things that sets it apart from content creation on on social media. Your Facebook posts, or your Instagram posts, they don't extend very far. You don't get a lot of reach with them. And then they get buried and whatever with the algorithms and all that. But with Pinterest, when someone pins their pin and it goes to someone's board, that person's audience has access to it. And then they might see it and pin it to their board. And then it gets in front of their people. So it can easily go viral on Pinterest. And I've even seen stuff that, you know, clients of mine have, you know, maybe they pinned it three years ago, all of a sudden, it just picked mm-hmm. up and it just came back like with a vengeance. So, so that's so cool about about Pinterest and things being evergreen that, you know, they, mm-hmm. they will be on and living on forever. So yeah, that's, the best because you know you put your heart and your soul into your content absolutely and if you're doing it regularly you want it to live on forever yeah my Mm -hmm. opinion and a quick tip too if you are you know creating pins and stuff never put dates on the text or whatever just for this reason is you know you don't want to create a pin for something that you're launching for a limited time just because people will be disappointed if they find this pin three months down the road and they click on it and it goes to a 404 error page. So keep that in mind when you're creating content for Pinterest or if you're creating a freebie, things like that. Okay. So you say to pin from your Instagram or create pins that lead to your Instagram. Why do you feel like Instagram is where they should lead? So the reason I put this is some people are super active on their Instagram. I mean, a lot of people that's, that's their platform of choice. And if they're just getting into the Pinterest side, you can, and this is great too, if you're not a blogger, you don't put out content regularly on your own website, you could actually repin your Instagram content and get people that are on Pinterest that find you over to your Instagram. So it does help you grow your Instagram following as well. Um, One of the things you, you can easily just pin your Instagram images to Pinterest. They'll be in the square format, the one to one ratio format, which don't perform as well. So I I do suggest if you want to try this and you could, you know, test these out too, but use Canva or Photoshop or whatever your editing software is that you like and create a, a two by three ratio, a rec, you know, a longer rectangular pin designed for, you know, if you post, I, I wouldn't pin Instagram posts that are just kind of like silly, whatever. But if you put out good content and valuable tips or actionable items in your Instagram posts, those are the ones that you might want to create a pin, uh, an optimized pin image for. So that two by three 
with maybe a text overlay on it that gives context and then pin that to that post. So it brings people over there. And then of course, if you're active on your Instagram stories and things like that, you know, there's a chance that they'll look at that and then look at your highlights or, you know, whatever the whole process is that they might. Yeah. That's so dope. I never thought about that. My social media strategy girl, she was talking about how Instagram is one of the, the hottest platforms to be on right now. There's just so much activity. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use it instead of a blog. Yeah, they just, they'll use their their feed as their their content, their blog content, basically. Which again, I think is great. I'm just more drawn to the evergreen aspect of it. Yes. I, I do like Instagram and yeah, a lot of people are on it, but yeah. it's just not evergreen. Right. So the fact that you're saying you can make those Instagram posts that you are really putting your heart into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you spend a lot of time on. Blog posts, <laughs> yeah. Like that you're yep. viewing as your blog post, then transfer that over to Instagram, or excuse me, to pin. Pinterest. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, it could bring people to those older posts that, you know, maybe don't get any more reach on Instagram. So it's a great way to kind of revive some of that too. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. I use Canva. I think I pay like $12 a month for it, but it'll easily resize my images for like Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook with just a click. Yep. I, I'm a huge Canva fan. I, I say Photoshop's got to watch their back because uh, Canva is... It's just so user-friendly. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I use for all my, my design work too. So... So we talked about your second tip. Your third tip here is portfolio work, create board showcasing your portfolio. Yeah. So this is great if you are a photographer or a designer or something that you have client work that you want to showcase. If you create a board on your portfolio or on your uh, Pinterest profile that is exclusively your portfolio work, it, it gives like a, a one-stop shop for people to look at your your portfolio. So instead of, you know, clicking on a blog post and going to your blog, they can actually see all your work right there and then click through, you know, to your um, to your website. And one thing I always do with, with the clients that I have that are photographers or designers is on the pin description to your portfolio work images, put in, you know, give context of what it is. Because a lot of times, like photographers, a lot of people are going to be pinning or saving the images because of the, you know, what they like in the image. They're not necessarily saving it because they are looking for a photographer. So it's really important that you're keywording that description. So maybe you're saying, you know, you're a Wisconsin-based, you know, wedding photographer, um, you know, booking brides, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what you'd say, mm-hmm. but putting that location-based or, you know, using those, those keywords in the description that will help bring those images up when someone searches, you know, if, if they are a bride and they're searching for a photographer in Wisconsin, those images would pop up and then they could see like, oh gosh, I really love the style. Oh, she's Wisconsin based too. So, you know, just using those keywords, if you're going to be pinning or showcasing your portfolio on Pinterest, make sure you're uh, writing optimized descriptions so people know what you're offering. So optimizing your description, because then people are going to see, okay, I live in Wisconsin. This is a Wisconsin photographer. Or when they search on Google, this is going to... It'll pop up in Google too. Yep. It'll pop up in Google. That's super powerful. And then, so that is a lead generator right there, leading them back to your website. They're going to contact you or your Instagram and contact you. Yep. Absolutely. So portfolio work. Tip number four is utilize your Pinterest bio. Yes. So there is some great real estate in your Pinterest bio for SEO here. So uh, first your name, your Pinterest name. So I'll give you my example. 
my brand is called the Hellsand Hive, and that gives no context whatsoever as to what I offer. <laughs> I actually created that name before that was, I was going to have a blog basically, but anyways. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So what I have on mine and what I do with my clients that, that their brand name doesn't give any context to their, to their brand is I will add additional keywords. So mine would say, I can't use the word Pinterest. They, they actually don't allow that on, on Pinterest now. So mine just says pin, pin strategy and, or marketing. I can't remember, but basically it gives idea of what I do. Uh, so if you are a, a boutique or a blog, maybe if you're a blogger, you might have your name and then you might say, you know, lifestyle blogger or something basic like that. Just something that would use those words that describe what you do. And then in your bio section, you have a little bit more room. You have about 165 characters. It's still limited. So you have to get creative, but use those keywords to the max in there. So try and identify who your audience is what you offer to them. And then if you can, and I always try and recommend doing this is add a call to action with a link. And that might be a, a link to your opt-in or could even be, you know, follow me on Instagram, any of any kind of call to action, but you can use a, a, a link shortener like bit.ly, you know, save some space on the characters, but that's another great space to grow your lead. But especially if you have a, a opt-in or I don't know, anything like that, that's a great place to have a call to action to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number five, your tip number five is create a variety of pins, test different creatives, call to actions, et cetera, pin them to your most relevant boards and group boards. I feel like we touched on this a little bit, but yeah. So this is kind of, kind of a branch off of that, that number one tip of creating a freebie. Sometimes the image that you use for it or the, the copy text overlay that you put on it might not resonate with certain members of your audience. So I always recommend creating a handful of different ones, you know, three, four, five different styles. Um, you know, some might be a solid color image with text. One might be a lighter or bright image with dark text, or one might be the opposite of that and use different words because, you know, people search different things. So test out these different pins and see which ones are performing. So you create them, put them out there into the boards and then in Tailwind Tribes is another one, your group boards and then Tailwind Tribes and wait a couple of weeks and then look at how they're performing on your Pinterest analytics or in your Google analytics and see, you know, oh, I'm getting a lot of clicks on this, this image with a dark overlay with white text on it. Then you know that that's resonating. That's catching people's eye in the feed or look at the words that you used in the description or on the pin. And those could be factors that are playing into it as well. So, so I always recommend testing it out. So kind of a a sub tip to my number one, but yeah, just creating different pins to test out to see. And pay attention to your analytics. Yes, always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't forget to add pins to your tailwind too, you said. Yes. Yep. So tailwind tribes is is another, it's kind of the, the new version of group boards. It's in uh, tailwind. So you'd have to use that platform, but it's basically niche specific boards that people can share your pins to to their boards to get in front of their audience. Yeah. And when you set up your Tailwind account, it'll walk you through the process of selecting boards. Like they want you. I feel like Tailwind is like, we want you to succeed. Oh yeah. So they walk you through the whole process um, when it comes to tribes. So you don't even have to look for it if you join yeah. Tailwind. Yep. And I'll add yep, your link, easy. your link too. I actually got, oh, thank you. Yeah. I have an account with them and I paid for a whole year in advance now just to use it. Oh yeah. So, 
So your last tip is accelerate your efforts with promoted pins. Yes. So like I kind of, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I, I did that with one of my, my opt-ins, my freebie. It was a, like a Pinterest checklist, basically. Like get yourself on Pinterest. And I promoted that super low budget. I think I did $10 a day. And that pushed that pin out there so much further than it would have organically. So when you want to try and accelerate your lead generation, so say like I've got my website coming up, my launch, and I need to, I want, you know, I wanted to build my list. So I pushed it out there a little bit more. Now with promoted pins, you do have to keep in mind if you have a time sensitive, item, like a launch for something or a sale, you don't, I, I generally don't recommend promoting those types of pins just because Pinterest ads or promoted pins do take time to fully optimize to get to your audience. Meaning it might take three to four weeks to really get in front of the right people and start seeing your return on ad spend. So, so I never recommend promoting a pin to something that's time sensitive. I do it for an, or, you know, a, an evergreen freebie just to grow your list, just kind of keep it going on autopilot in the background, something low budget, but it just, it, it pushes it out there a little bit more. And then with Pinterest recently, well, it's been it's a year now, last February when they went public, there was a big concern about, is it going to be a pay to play kind of platform now? And it, it's not yet, but they do definitely show preference <laughs> to promoted pins. They will, will put those out there a little bit further than your organic pins might go. It, it takes a little bit longer to get an organic pin to go viral than if you were to, you know, boost it with a little bit of a, a promoted pin, you'll get out there a lot. So it's not, not something I'd recommend to do right away, but once you get going, it's, it's kind of nice. Totally. So you had said that it takes a few weeks for it to really start picking up momentum. So do you recommend yes. that, that they should, or we should promote the pins for two to three weeks at a time? Or are you saying this will give it a jump start and then it'll continue snowballing? Um, I usually will do, so with my uh, promoted pin client, so I manage some campaigns for a few clients and I have a minimum of a month, so a four week campaign. A lot of times I'll recommend them to extend it another one to two months. And this just kind of keeps that, that snowball effort going. Once you turn the ad off, it will dip back. You have already gotten some reach with that and you do get earned what they call earned impressions, meaning you, you pay for part of it, but then you, on top of that, have earned extra impressions. Um, so you can ride... Based off of people clicking yeah, on it and Yeah, yep, and putting it in their, their boards and things like that. So you can ride that a little bit. It, it'll drop back. But yeah, you can, if you want to kickstart a pin success, really, you know, boost it with that promoted pin, you can turn it off. It's not going to ride as high as it was while, while it was, you know, being boosted, but... Um, you definitely have a good head start. So you can, I, I usually say a month minimum, but promoted pins work really well if you let them go for at least like one to three months. At, at that point, they start to kind of level off. You know, it, it, it's pushed it out in front of your audience that they've, you know, they may have already seen it, you know, clicked on it. We're, we're kind of done now. So usually I'll turn it off at that point and then turn it back on a month or two later if we're going to do that one again or adjust it and do something different. So do you recommend like, $10 minimum a day? Yeah, or I would say vary? 10. You can go lower than that. I mean, you could do $5 a day if you want, but you just really need to see, test it out and see because I mean, you're you're bidding basically. So if someone bids higher than you, then they get the they get the spot and you don't get. So $10 has kind of been based on what I've learned, it's been kind of the the lowest that I go 
to see mm-hmm. results. Sometimes you have to go up a little bit more, but I wouldn't, yeah, you can try five, go with that and then inch it up if you want. But if you want to really you know, see, if you results. want to guarantee you'll start. Yeah. I would start with 10. Yeah. I know Google ads, depending on your market, when I was doing lead generation for RV storage for just this commission gig that we were doing, it was closer to like $12, but like Google oh, okay. would tell me like what my competitors were doing so that I could even stay like on par with them or if I wanted to surpass them. But Pinterest oh. doesn't do that. They they do kind of, but a lot of times they will suggest something higher than you actually need to go. Okay. <laughs> makes sense. They want, they want, yeah. they want you to yeah. make the money. But um, yeah, a lot of times like when you, when you put your bid in, so say you want, you know, you're going to do $10 a day, but you say my bid is going to be a dollar or 25 cents or whatever, you know, you might say what your, your bid for that um, auction, I guess it would be called. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, that bid's too low. Or we recommend, you know, $1.65 and you could get by with like a 25 cent bid. And then that means, you know, your $10 a day budget will go a lot further <laughs> if you have a lower bid, but you want to be sure you you have it high enough. So yeah, $10 a day and like, like 20 to 25 cents is probably like the lowest bid I'd start with. That's a whole nother, yeah. whole nother podcast yeah, going, episode. <laughs> um, and you have service and stuff. I just want to go back to your step number five really quick. So you were talking about checking out your analytics, like see what's working, see what's not working. Because then I feel like you would use ones that, as you had mentioned, like a uh, black background with white text. Um, yeah. You'd want to yep. use that as your promoted pin, as opposed to another pin that's yes. not performing as well. Yeah. Naturally. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why that with the, the promoted pins, I wouldn't say jump into those right away, do an organic strategy for a little while. And then you could see which of your pins and pin styles are performing better because you can, when you set up a new ad, you can create a whole new pin, like a, like fresh pin that's never seen Pinterest yet, but you do better if you, if you grab one that's performing already. So definitely get stuff out there, test it, see what performs and then leverage that when you're creating a campaign. Totally. I love it, Callie. So tell all the listeners where they can find you. You have some freebies as well. I do. Yes, I do have a few. I've got, uh, well, so my website, which will be launching here shortly. And I I believe it hopefully will be launched Mm -hmm. when this is airing. (laughs) Um, It's just the halcyonhive.com. And then I have a three day Pinterest challenge, which I talked earlier about. Um, that's the the profile optimization. It's like a three-day email series. It is loaded with value and um, actionable steps. It kind of explains step-by-step step what you need to do to get your account fully optimized to kickstart your optimization or your um, strategy on Pinterest. And then I also have a checklist. This is my Pinterest basic starter checklist. And that essentially what it is, it's a checklist. And it's, it's basically the scaled back version of what's in that challenge. That challenge goes into a little more depth, like gives you the steps and the the resources you need to optimize your account. But the checklist is more like, hey, I can figure this out. I know what I'm doing. I just need this little checklist just so I know I hit all the points that I need to hit and um, take it from there. So those I have right now and i've given chanel the links yeah that, all of those all of those will below. be linked yeah and yes. i feel like they're both excellent resources and free yeah. i feel like your instagram is also an excellent resource so we met via instagram and i yes, your your profile is beautiful and then your stories you're always offering 
quality tidbits of information yeah. for Pinterest and just fun as well. Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm a mom. So I will <laughs> randomly post my kids on there too. And my adventures in that we definitely have some excitement in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy, I yeah. feel that. Yes. But yes, I, I try and share a lot of value on my Instagram. There's highlights you could follow up on there and, and look, I need to get better about updating some of those with my more recent stuff. But yeah, I try and, you know, share the value with you guys. So you, you know, so you and know, you or even the updates, so much. updates too. They're changing all the time. They're always, you know, developing new, new things on the platform or changing things. And um, I like to keep, keep my audience informed because I, you know, I'm in different Facebook groups and, you know, keep in touch on, you know, with Tailwind and Pinterest on things that, that change. So I, you know, get the first word of what's, what's happening and changing. And I like to get that out to you guys. So. Totally. And I think you even had a post, like this was a while back when I first found you, it was most popular hashtags during that season or something. Yeah. I need to get better about being consistent, but I was doing a monthly, like monthly trends kind of post or Mm -hmm. even an email. I think I've sent out one or two months so far, but yeah, Pinterest sends out a really handy monthly trend uh post i don't know what it is like a blog post kind of and if you're not on their email list which most people aren't (laughs) then you don't you don't regularly you know go in and dig for that on pinterest so i offer that up for you um so i take that with a little bit of my own spin on it and it's based on what people are searching gives percentages of how much more that's being searched right now like it's 165 percent higher than it was before something like that but yeah it's kind of fun just to see the random things that trend on Pinterest. Yeah. And if your brand goes along with that, like you want to hop on that yeah. hashtag bandwagon. Yeah. So thank you, Kelly, yeah. so much for your time and your yeah. insights. Like this is truly valuable for the listener and myself. Oh, yes. I'm so. so excited. They had me. Thank you. And there you have it. I hope that you found a lot of gems of insight within this interview. I know I did. So be sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And I'll leave you with this last thought. You are powerful, capable, and strong. No dream or goal is too big or too silly, whatever that dream or goal may be. And the time is now.